This is an SJC Radio production. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Episode 15 of Season 8 of Midstop. Joining me today is Joe. So Joe, um, how was the Isle of Wight Festival? It was great. Loads of loads of big names. Didn't get too much sleep, but it was um, it was good fun. So, personal highlights? I don't know. Um, probably One Republic. They were pretty good. Or Example in the big top. But yeah. I mean, there were loads of big names. Uh, sort of Robbie Williams, George Ezra. So Pulp. Yeah, there were loads of Human League. But Gosh. Probably example in the big top. That was amazing. Somebody was telling me that Robbie Williams is very good. Oh, I tell you who it was. Yeah. It was Mr. Long. All oh, right, was he there? Yeah, he, he okay. said he, for him, Robbie Williams was the was the highlight. Um, that I assume that finished on Sunday. Is that right? Yeah, finished on Sunday night, and then yeah, yeah came back back home on Monday after school. Have you been able to watch any more of Le Mans? I have a little bit. I think I'm now at the, I think it's 15th hour. Really? Or 15 hours to go. 15 no, 15 hours to go. Hours to you, go. You've, watched, uh, that's, you've watched nine hours. That's pretty good going. So you're obviously, mm. you're in the night. The, it's, the, dark. it's dark. It's dark and there's just been a crash and there's a safety car. Yeah. In our last episode, I thought we did a pretty detailed roundup of the race. I realised afterwards, when I listened to it uh, back, we didn't mention the LMP2 or the GTE AM classes. So we only mentioned one of the three classes. Um, are you <laughs> aware of the LMP2 result? No, I'm not. Shall I tell you the result? Yes, go for it. It's the Inter-Europol team won. They won. They won, yeah. And actually, what's, no what's amazing about that, Joe, they have never won a round of the WEC before, 
I know where they had their first podium in Spa. That's right, exactly. Great but also, I'm 99.9% sure they haven't even won a round of the European Le Mans series before. So that result was incredible. Um, that is great. And they'll see the, the photo of their car as the cover of, uh, of Pit Stop. Stop. That's right. Did you notice they, 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 they changed the colours for Le Mans? They had a darker... They had like a dark green and a white one, didn't they? Two. Yeah, you're right, they did. But on the... They, they, got a, they had a darker yellow on the... On oh, the right. Um, I, I preferred the, the old the, the old yellow myself, but it still looked really good. So that, that was a big surprise um, into Europol winning. And in the GTE AM class, it was the Corvette team that won. What was remarkable about that victory, Joe, is that they were two laps down um, fairly early on. I think they had a mechanical issue. So they went two laps down. They managed to win despite that. And actually, they didn't get those two laps back as a result of a pace car intervention. They actually got it back, I suppose, on, on, on pure pace. So that was an incredible result. Um, right, now, the, the focus, actually, of, of, of this episode is the German MotoGP. I haven't seen it. So what was the result uh, for the German GP? Funny enough, the sprint race and the main race, the result was the same. Mm, so all game, Martin was first. I think that's the yeah. first time that's happened. I think so. All game, Martin was first. Bagnaia was second. Zarka was third, and that was the same as I said for both races. My star rating for MotoGP, um, gosh, I'm going to give it a four and a half stars. Oh, was it good? It was. Good. Oh, it was. It was. It, in fact, both races were excellent. The MotoGP came down to a well it was pretty much a race long battle between Martin and Bad Nice. What circuit was that? That was the Sashen Ring. Ooh, I don't know that. Um, the Sashen Ring is a really short circuit. It's very quirky. Um, it's got seven left handers in a row. Um, right. Yeah it's a really it, it's a really quirky track which tends to produce a lot that's produced really good racing, actually. Right, I've got a few questions. Right, excellent. Far uh, away. Who do you reckon is your driver of, or man of the match, the driver of the race? We'll call it. We could say rider of the race uh, to be more precise. Sorry, rider. I think it's got to. Okay, contenders. Um, Zarco was uh, certainly on good form in both races. There was uh, Zarco pulled off a, a last lap pass on um, Binder. In, in the sprint race um zarko has the best late race speed of anybody he's very good at looking after his tires he just needs to be a little bit better in the early laps so he's a contender bad was very good actually in both races but it, 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 this is a no-brainer paul gay martin now all of a sudden joe paul gay martin is a contender for the championship he's now second in the championship um he's obviously riding a crest of a wave at the moment um, but yeah it's a no-brainer he was absolutely amazing right okay what do you reckon the highlight of the race was yeah the highlight for me uh was in the sprint race and it was i think when martin took the lead so 
it was Miller and Bagnaia were sort of battling for the lead and Martin overtook the pair of them. And this was coming out of the what we call the it's a very fast downhill right-hander, which we call the waterfall section. And and that's where he, he pulled off that move of overtaking the pair of them. For me, that was the highlight of, of of those two races. Right, okay. What was the most dramatic moment? You may have touched on it just there, but what was the most dramatic moment? Well, actually, moment? well, yeah, it could well have been that. I think the most dramatic moment, I think, was in free practice. I think it was in free practice too. You might have seen this, Joe. Um, it was... The crash between Marc Marquez and Zarco. So, by the way, Marc Marquez had five crashes over the course oh, of the weekend. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't start the main race. He injured his thumb. Um, one of his crashes, he was um, approaching the approaching the end of the start finish straight, coming to turn one. Zarco was coming out of the pit lane. Um, Marquez loses it. His bike then hits Zarco's bike. And Zarko's bike kind of breaks in half. It, thankfully, Zarko wasn't injured. Um, but I, I would say that's probably the most dramatic moment. Um, poor old Mark Marquez. Um, it's, it's, I mean, even Mark Marquez can't get the Honda to work. And the, the concern is, the concern is he's going to do himself, you know, he's going to injure himself. I mean, badly injure himself. Um, because Mark Marquez doesn't give up, even if the, the, the bike isn't competitive, even if the bike is a bit of a death trap, Marquez isn't the sort of rider who's going to take it easy. He's going to give it 10 tenths all the time. There is a danger he's going to end up being very seriously injured. And I tell you what, I think you'll find at the end of this season, despite the fact that Marquez's contract goes on into 2024, I think he'll be looking to leave Honda at the end of this year right. because he's not going to win a championship on the Honda. There, there, there's no way that's going to happen. Um, so watch this space because I, I just can't see Marquez staying with Honda for another year. I think he's 32. I think he's 32. So, and he's desperate to win another championship. He, he can't afford to have another season on the Honda. Right. Okay, and that, that sort of links into my final question. Uh, what was the biggest disappointment of... Yeah, see, I, I had Marquez tipped to win. You could argue... So that would be the fact that he, for you. Yeah, you could argue the fact that he didn't start the main race was the biggest disappointment, biggest disappointment. But in all fairness, had he started the main race, he wouldn't have been competitive. I think for me, the biggest disappointment... Um, it, you could argue the performance of the Yamahas, who again were nowhere... Don't forget, Quattararo won the race last year. I think he finished, was it 10th or 12th? Um, other, there were lots of disappointments. The uh, Aprilia team, you know, who a couple of rounds ago looked really, really strong. They were disappointing. Maverick Vinales. Um, Vinales might have won at Le Mans had he not crashed into Bagnaia, but he, he, he seems to be suffering a, a dip in form. Um, so I'd be tempted to say also the KTMs weren't quite as competitive as I was expecting. I mean, Miller was up there in the sprint race, faded a bit. Um, so there are quite a lot of disappointments, to be honest, which was the biggest out of those. I, I guess the biggest must be the fact that Mark Marquez wasn't able to be competitive on the Honda, a track at which he's never, ever lost. 
So I think that was the disappointment, really. Right, okay. Um, well, what, what in MotoGP, what have we got to look forward to? What have you got to look forward to in the coming weeks? In, in, in MotoGP-wise, we've actually got uh, another MotoGP this weekend. We've got the, um, the Dutch TT from Assen. We've actually had, Joe, bizarrely, three races in the space of, th- in the space of three weeks because the weekend... Two weeks ago, uh, it was Mugello. That was a bit disappointing, Mugello. Uh, the crowd wasn't wasn't that big, although it was bigger than last year. The racing was a, was disappointing. Uh, Bagnaia won very easily. There wasn't really much opposition there. So, for me, Mugello was a bit of a duff race. Yeah, as I said, we got Dutch CT at Aston. That that is a great race track. That that should produce a really good race. Let's move on to predictions now. Um, you weren't able to give predictions for the MotoGP, so it was just myself and Finn. Uh, Finn predicted, again, we just do predictions for the main race. He had Miller first, that didn't happen. Bagnaia finished second, he had Bagnaia second. He had Marini third, so he scored 25 points for getting Bagnaia in second. I had Marquez to win, would you believe? I had Martin in second, so I get, I get 10 points for that. I had Zarco in third, so I get 25 for that. So, um, the table we're going to go over joe to kimberly for the current predictions table in third place is joe with 120 points in second is finn with 190 and still out in front is nick with a massive 335 points and elsewhere in the motorsport world especially the motorbiking world what happened in moto 2 and moto 3 this weekend Moto 2, that was a win for Pedro Acosta. Costa first, Arbolino second, Dixon third. Moto 2 is, is very much distilled down to a two-way battle between Acosta and Arbolino. Um, Arbolino is actually leading the championship, mainly because Acosta fell off, crashed out at Le Mans. Arbolino never crashes. Um, so although Acosta, I think, has won more races than Arbolino, Arbolino is very, very consistent. It can be very difficult, I think, for Acosta to overhaul Arbolino. Really good that Jake Dixon came third. Um, last year, he got, he got lots of thirds. Um, Jake Dixon really does need to win a race uh, at some stage in order to, I guess, compete for the championship. Um, but there's lots of other riders, though. Moto2 haven't won yet. He should have won. Uh, Canet hasn't won a race yet, bizarrely, in Moto2. Um, Moto3, that was a really good race, actually. Uh, that came down to the last corner. That was a maiden win for Dennis Onchu. Um, Dennis Onchu, the last round in Mugello, um, I think led almost every lap, um, but lost the race uh, on the line. So... The fortunes were reversed this time. Dennis Onchu took the lead at the last corner on the last lap. Um, Sasaki was second. Algado was third. So that that was a really good race. I mean, all round three, well, if I include the sprint race, four cracking races uh, from the Sashin Ring. The Sashin Ring, as I said, really quirky circuit, but always produces lots of drama. Right. And is there anything else on this weekend? Funny you should ask that, Joe. Now you you are you've become a fan of the WEC. Yep. Um, 
Have you heard of IMSA? You probably have. Yes. IMSA. Uh, they don't really so, understand the differences between the two. Well, the, the, there aren't really any differences. IMSA basically is a, is is the same as the WEC, but the IMSA Championship is based in America, is based solely in America. Right. So it's an American sports car series. The same rules, really, as the WEC. So the Premier Class in IMSA is the same as the WEC. They, they call them GTP cars, but they are the same as the, the WEC cars. The other category in IMSA is GT3. And as you know, WEC is going GT3 next year. Oh, sorry. There's also LMP2. So it, it's pretty much, pretty much the same as the WEC. Um, now that the race is from Watkins Glen. It's called the... the, the the Saline or the Saline six hours. Um, now that's in New New York State, so that you can watch that Joe on IMSA TV. That'll right. start for us sometime Sunday afternoon. What you'll find, be interesting to see what you make of that. The racing will be amazing. Um, I've got a problem with IMSA, and I've said this many, many, many times before. They've got the best racetracks in the world. They've got, you know, the, the best cars, the same cars as the WEC. The thing that lets IMSA down is their ridiculous um, full course yellow procedure. So what what you'll what uh, I find incredibly frustrating. You, you'll have a, a car goes off into a sand trap. Um, the marshals will clear that car in about five minutes. But what happens is they'll 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 they'll, they'll throw a full full course yellow. That will last about fifteen to twenty minutes. So when the car's out the sand trap, we've still got probably another fifteen minutes of full full course yellow to go because they've got to do something called a wave around. They've got then to open the pits first of all for the GT three cars, then the LMP two cars, then the GTP cars, the whole full, full course yellow procedure takes ages, and it, it's it's ridiculous. Um, and as a result, I find watching the IMSA races quite difficult because they are very quick to throw full full course yellows, and then you've got nothing going on for about a quarter of an hour. It's a great shame because when the racing is green, it is sensational, and actually, what you'll find. Well, the IMSA races, okay, it's a six-hour race this weekend, but the other IMSA races are much shorter than the WEC races, and the racing is unbelievable. Um, but it's so frustrating they have this ridiculous full-course yellow procedure. Um, so I, I will be tuning into that. Right, okay. Um, moving on, we've got to do predictions, and we're going to include you in this, Joe. Right. Um I'll get Finn's predictions from him later. So we're going to do predictions for the MotoGP from um, Assen. Gosh, I'm going to go for, it's a bit of a guess really, I've got to go for Jorge Martin to win because he is, I say, riding the crest of a wave at the moment. I'm going to go Martin won. Second place, 
Well, I'm going to go Bagnaya and third place Zarko. I'm going for exactly the same result as uh, the Sashin ring. What about you, Joe? I'm going to go Miller, Zarko and Bagnaya. Yeah, th th those are good predictions. I would like to see the KTMs. When I say competitive, I mean, they are competitive, but in in Germany, they were only competitive at the start of the races. Um I'd like to see Miller up there. I really would. Well, um, we'll meet again next week, Joe, and we'll see how those predictions pan out. Right, OK. See you then. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pit Stop with Mr. Bird. There's a few new things I want to make you aware of. We've got a new website, which you can find by going online to shows.acast.com forward slash pitstop, where you can also find links to our Twitter and uh, on the about page, more information about the hosts as well. We're also on lots more platforms in addition to where you're listening to us now. So we're now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music and lots more, as well as TuneIn like we've been on since we started. So head over to those platforms to subscribe on the most convenient one for you and find all our back catalogue of episodes to listen to again as well.